Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Lavernia Sermon Podcast. If you have any questions about what you hear, or if you would like to speak with one of our pastors, you can find all of our contact information at www.fbclv.com. And so all through the month of December, we have been focusing on rediscovering Christmas, that Christmas trees are good, and Christmas presents are good, and Christmas holidays and meals and parties, all those things are good, singing carols, good, but Christmas is all about the birth of our Savior. So this morning, since it is Christmas, and many of you have opened or will open some gifts today, we're going to look at a gift that was given to Jesus, but not when he was young, but instead just before he went to the cross. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 26. If you don't have a Bible, there should be some in front of you there, and you want one, take that Bible, put your name in it. That's our gift to you. As always, our scriptures will be here on the screen. Three things about this gift that will also remind us of the gift of baby Jesus. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to verses 6 through 13 today. First, we see that this gift was unexpected. So some of you have already had gifts open this morning. If you have littles, you may have opened up gifts at 4 a.m., and you feel like it's already afternoon time. I don't know what gifts have been in your home, or maybe you'll open up this afternoon, but here's a list of five of the most popular gifts given in this year, 2022. Some of these I have not seen yet. And so here's a picture. Gift number one, this is called a storm cloud, and it uses some kind of voodoo magic that you put this inside, and it's supposed to tell you what the weather is doing outside. That's new to me. I don't know anything about that. Another popular gift this year, according to the Google, is the Squishmallow. Anybody know about those? Three people. Those are really popular. Kids like those a lot. How about this one here? This is called a toy pin, and so it's a writing pin, but when you're not writing, you can take it apart, and you can make little things with it. I was thinking I need one of those for staff meetings. <laughs> Be fun. Maybe that's not for you, but you would rather have something like this. So it looks like it's going to shock you or hurt your son a taser. This is rechargeable hand warmers. Now, some of you are going, that's what I'm talking about. As soon as I leave, I'm Amazon and get me a set of those. That way you charge them up. No more $3 packs you throw away. You can use them. And then somehow, I don't know how, the last present on the list that I think should never be there. This is an indoor grow-your-own-garden kit. I always thought socks or underwear was the worst gift you could get for Christmas. This is 10 times worse than anything like that. <laughs> Grow your own vegetables for Christmas. And so these gifts, maybe you will see, maybe you won't see. Today we're going to look at a very different kind of gift that Jesus received, but we need to set the scene of where we're at. At this place in the scripture, Matthew 26, Jesus has been traveling. He's been healing and teaching He's been showing people about the kingdom, what it is to be a follower and a disciple, how to love and live for God, what true faith looks like. He uses parables and stories to teach people about the kingdom of heaven. He says that no man knows the day or the hour that Jesus is going to return with a trumpet except for the Father, and he knows just before Jesus is betrayed by Judas, just before the Passover meal and before his crucifixion, this is what happens, Matthew 26, 6. 
Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, so this is set in the far scene. It's not uncommon that as Jesus traveled, he would go into people's homes. A few weeks ago, we looked at Jesus going into Zacchaeus' home, which was the only time that he invited himself somewhere. Simon the leper, if you were a leper, most of us have probably known or never seen someone that has had leprosy, terrible infectious disease. You were unclean. You couldn't be around anybody. You would be cast out. So if Jesus is going into his home, then at some point we would believe that Jesus has healed him of this leprosy. While he's there, verse 7, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. So after they would eat, they would often sit back and they would relax and they would talk and they would visit. And this woman, later identified as Mary, sister of Martha and Lazarus, she comes with this alabaster jar. It would be something that would be made of a material that was whitish, like marble. Inside would be a very expensive perfume. And the top would be sealed with wax, where the only way you could get into this bottle would be to crack it open, and then you could pour out what was inside. Two things here I think we have to see about this being unexpected. I've never known someone that had leprosy or been around somebody, but I have known people and been around folks who are sick. And so if you call me and say, hey, listen, I just want you to know that my family, you know, we've all had the COVID or we've all had strep throat or we've all had the flu, but we're all better now. You know, we were sick yesterday, but today we feel good. Would you like to come over for dinner tomorrow? My answer is no. No, I do not want to come over. I might come over to your house in like three months after it has been Lysol fumigated. But if anybody calls us, listen, we just went through the worst Montezuma stomach virus you have ever seen. But we've been better for two days. Come on over. I'm not coming to your house. I'm not even going to talk to you on the phone. It might come through there. I don't want no part of that business. And so isn't it interesting that a man who had leprosy, and we don't know exactly when or how long, but most people would not be going into the home of a leper because those germs still might be there. And yet that's where Jesus goes because Jesus does things that nobody else will do. It's unexpected. And then we see Mary. <coughs> and she takes this jar and she breaks it open. And when I think about somebody pouring something on someone's head, it's usually not a good scene. Now, maybe it's a celebration at a football game, and the players take the Gatorade jug, and they dump it on the coach's head. But even in that, he's not really excited about it. He wasn't happy. If you think about, like, cold water challenges, you're dumping water on somebody's head. If you pour something on someone's head, most of the time, they probably did not want you to do that. And in this scenario, it's a picture of worship and a picture of adoration. But can you see Mary's carrying this jar? Maybe they see it, maybe they don't. And she walks over and she breaks it maybe on the table. And then she begins to pour it on Jesus. And you've all had the odor smell when somebody walks in and they've used a little bit too much deodorant or too much hairspray or too much cologne or too much Axe body spray. And you go, whoo, they're covered head to toe. Can you imagine this ointment being poured out solely and how would you fill the room? And what would the reaction be? What would the people say? Because that was very unexpected. Of all the things that we thought Mary would be doing, we never expected her to break open that jar and then pour it on Jesus' head. And so it was unexpected. And number two, it was unexplained. Verse eight, here's the reaction. When the disciples saw it, <clears throat> they were indignant, saying, why this waste? 
For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. The disciples, Christ's closest friends, they watch this happen and they become indignant. That means irritated, angry, confused. Why would you do that? And it's not because they had a plan for that ointment. It's not because they go, listen, Mary, we knew you had that jar and we knew what it was and we had something that we were gonna do with it and that was not it. It wasn't because one of the disciples had an allergies to perfume. And they go, why'd you do that? Now Thomas is gonna be swollen up and he can't talk and his tongue's gonna swell, wasn't that? It wasn't because they wanted to be the ones to pour that on Jesus' head going, you stole our idea. That's what we were gonna do and now we can't. They were only upset because this perfume was very, very expensive. And so we try to take the value that it had for them and move it into our day and time, but it's hard. This would have been worth about 300 denarii. That'd be about a year's wage. And so I don't know what a year's wage looked like back then, but if you say, let's, you make $30,000, then this was a $30,000 bottle of perfume that she just broke open and she poured on Jesus' head, but literally she poured it out. Now it's all gone. So they're upset because they're going, do you not know what we could have done with that perfume? If we'd have sold it, we could have used the money. We could have fed a bunch of poor folks. We could have provided homes. We could have done all sorts of good. Instead, you just pour it out in waste. Here's Jesus' response, verse 10. But Jesus, aware of this, he hears, he sees. He says to them, why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. He defends Mary, and here's the reason why, verse 11. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Jesus takes this as a teaching moment. And there's nothing wrong with providing for the poor. That's scriptural. There's nothing bad about meeting physical needs. That's good. But sometimes we have to choose what is best over what is good. And so Jesus says, you'll always have the poor. They will always be amongst us. But I'm not going to be here very much longer. We're within days of me leaving. And so she is preparing my body. And so what we see is Mary at the feet of Jesus when he's teaching. In Scripture, we see Mary at the feet of Jesus weeping when her brother dies. We see Mary at the feet of Jesus now anointing him with this oil. Warren Wiersbe says, it was Mary who at the feet of Jesus found blessing. It was Mary who at the feet of Jesus brought her burdens. It was Mary who at the feet of Jesus gave her very best. And so she literally was broken and poured out. Everything she had beyond any value that we could ever imagine, she gave that to Jesus. And in this world, there will never be someone who will fault a husband or a wife for giving their very best to their spouse. No one faults a parent or a child for giving their best to each other. No one would fault an employee or a company for giving their best, but the world will always find fault with a Christian who gives their best to Jesus. And yet that's exactly what he calls us to do. And so whatever it is that's in your life that you know God has been saying, this is not your best. You've been giving me less than average and less than par and only what is left over. This is a challenge that this gift was unexpected, 
And it was unexplained. They couldn't understand why she would do that. But in the moment, Mary wanted to give her very best that she had to the Lord. And that's the example we are to follow. It was a gift, number three, that was unexpired. When we think about an expiration date, we think about something still being good or not being good anymore. And so if you have milk that's in your fridge and it has expired, many times you will know that when you pour it out and it's chunky. If you have cheese in a bag in a drawer and you're wondering, is this cheese good? And it has something growing in it that's green, you know it's not good anymore. If you have a season pass or a coupon, it's expired, you can't use it. There are some foods and things that don't expire, like sugar or honey or noodles, right? They haven't been cooked. Those things, they'll last forever. McDonald's hamburgers, you've seen those where they sit for like 30 years, they open it back up and it looks the same? He says, this gift that Mary has given, it will last longer than any can of Spam in the history of forever. Verse 13, truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Truly, without a shadow of a doubt, verily, verily, I say unto you, wherever the good news is proclaimed, wherever people talk about the joy of the gospel, they will remember this story. about what she has done on this day. And there's many things we don't know. We don't know exactly how Mary presented this. We don't know if she was trying to be secretive or she was wide out in the open. We don't know the facial expressions of the disciples. We don't know if Mary had this plan for years or for months or if she didn't even have that plan. She was just gonna bring this out and show it to everybody. And then in that moment, she knew that's what she was supposed to do. All that we know, is that it was unexpected, and the disciples couldn't understand it. It was unexplainable to them, but it was a gift that was unexpired because it was a gift that will last forever. And that's the same thing that happens when we take what we have and we give our very, very best to Jesus. And no matter what it is, it will give us a joy and a blessing that is absolutely unexpired. I'd like to talk about Christmas for a minute with some of our kids who are here today. And so if you're brave and you're not shy and it won't embarrass you, I'm gonna invite some of the kids to come down and talk to me for just a minute. It's okay, just one or two of you are for 75, come on down. Don't be shy, I'm gonna ask you some questions about Christmas, it's gonna be good. Come on, Boonarama. Nobody's even gonna look at you. You can sit in these chairs, just look at me. Forget they're there. Just look at me. Don't look at them. Look at me. Hi, come sit here and sit and talk to me for a minute. Oh, y'all are doing good. Okay, so for some people this morning was Christmas morning. Did any of you open up any presents this morning? Would you like to tell me something that you opened up that you loved? In a stocking, here you go, buddy. You opened a what? A kitty. Was it alive? (laughs) What color is the kitty? A black kitty? That sounds like good luck. So you opened some cool things in a stocking. You opened up a good luck black kitty. Anybody else tell me something they got? Tell me, sir. Um, I opened up a, um, um, a big bicycle. 
a big bicycle. Oh, that would be very exciting putting it together. How about you, mister? An excavator? Are you going to dig holes with it? No. You're just going to play with it? Okay, I got it. Anybody else want to tell me something? Yes, ma'am. A virtual reality headset? That's going to be super cool. You're going to be lost in the metaverse. This is awesome. Okay, so everybody got some really cool gifts. Did you know that after Jesus was born, that he was given some gifts? Anybody know what the three gifts were that were given to Jesus? Tell me. I um is not one of them. Do you know? Sand. Leaves. What do you think? And what? Say it loud. Candy. That'd be way good and a good present. Do you know? Myrrh. Yes. So three gifts. Gold. Looks kind of like candy. Frankincense. And myrrh. Okay, three gifts. And here's what those gifts, this is pretty important. I talked about three words today in the sermon. Unexpected, unexplained, unexpired. These three gifts were also unexpected because nobody expected for wise men to bring gifts like these to a little boy. They were also unexplained because they didn't understand exactly what they meant, but they paint a picture of who Jesus is because they gave him gold. Hey, listen to me. Because he was the king, and they gave him myrrh because he would be our sacrificial savior, and they gave him incense because he was God in flesh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so these three gifts were unexpected, unexplained, and unexpired because they still tell us today who Jesus was. Did you know that when Jesus came, that he was a gift to us? And he was a gift that was unexpected because nobody thought that Jesus would be born in a stable or a manger. They thought Jesus would be born in a palace. And it was unexplained. Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, they were all so confused. And so God sent an angel to explain it to them. And it was unexpired because even though Jesus died on the cross, he rose again, and so he is still alive today. How many of you would like to give Jesus a present for his birthday? Me too. Do you know what the best present you can give Jesus is? What? What is the best present you can give Jesus? Shoes. He would like that maybe. What do you think? A peppered pigeon. He would definitely love a peppered pigeon. Is that like something you have as a pet or you eat that? A pet. Okay, not a, like a peppered pigeon chicken breast with bacon or something. What do you think? Yes. So the greatest gift you can give Jesus is to love him, to follow him, and to give him your very best. So I think since Christmas, we celebrate Jesus' birthday, maybe before we pray, we should sing happy birthday to Jesus. Can y'all help me? So there's this song, and it's called Happy Birthday to Jesus, and there's some words we're going to put up on the screen, and let's see if any of y'all know this song, and if anybody else is here with us, y'all can sing it with us too, okay? Happy birthday, Jesus. 
sing as your children, that we celebrate your birth, Lord, whether it be on December the 25th or March the 11th, the date doesn't matter to us. What matters is that you left the glories of heaven, were born in flesh, lived a perfect life, and then died a sinner's death, a criminal's death, that we might be saved. Thank you for my young friends, Lord, that came down here to talk with me about your birth and about the gifts that we bring to you. God, I pray that we would, in our lives, do something unexpected and not just follow routine or protocol, but we would do anything you call us to do at any moment, at any time, simply because you ask us to. It may be unexplainable to the world why we are giving our very best but it's not unexplainable to us, Lord, because you gave your best, and we want to return that to you. And, Lord, we know that all that we give in our lives and our service and our devotion, Lord, we are only stewards. And so when we give our best back to you, Lord, we will find ourselves blessed and rejoicing because these gifts are unexpired, and they will be with us for eternity. So speak to our hearts today. Help us to be thankful even more than we are for presents, even more than we are for Christmas trees, even more than we are for candy, even more than bicycles and VRs and peppered pigeons. Help us to be thankful that you came to be born and that changed everything. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.